Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Ellie and Jared podcast. My name is Jared, and I am sitting here with my beautiful wife, Ellie. How are Hi. you? Hi. How are you? We've had... I'm good. Okay. We've had... I was a little overzealous. <laughs> We've had a good day. If you guys have not heard our previous podcast, I definitely recommend you listening to that one first. Yes, this is part two of a two-part podcast. So the one previous to this is about sexual safety and everything that we talk about in that podcast leads, leads up. up to what we're going to be talking about today. And I feel like if we didn't have the previous podcast and the previous conversation specifically with our son Jackson, that this next conversation wouldn't have happened so naturally and organically, and he wouldn't have felt as comfortable to ask the questions that he asked. Yeah, so it makes a lot of sense that we recorded and you listened to the first podcast before this happened, because they they go off of each other in, in just the really sweetest way possible. So today, Ellie and I want to talk to you a little bit more about sexual safety with kids and about Being open and having yeah. conversations with them and how that led to a special conversation that uh, Jackson and Ellie had Sunday morning. We want to take a minute and thank today's sponsor, which is trust and will, you know, we all make new year's resolutions around our bodies, our lives and finances, but now here's one that you can actually keep with trust You can create a fully customizable legal will trust or guardianship in as little as 10 minutes, right from the comfort of your home. They even have people available to instantly answer any questions you may have. Seriously, it's so easy. I made a trust for Ellie and I and the kids, and I was mind-boggled with how simple it was and how fast it was. So, guys, do it for yourself. Do it for your family. Do it for your loved ones. Guardianships start at $39, wills at $69, and trusts at $399, and they are available in all 50 states. And honestly, guys, when it comes to this kind of stuff, that is a small price to pay to make things easier for you, your family, and your loved ones. So visit trustandwill.com slash Jared to automatically receive 10% off your purchase of a guardianship, will, or trust. That's trustandwill.com slash Jared to automatically receive 10% off your purchase of a guardianship, will, or trust. Today's podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. You know, over the past year or so, Ellie and I have been speaking with a counselor, and I can't tell you how wonderful it has been for our marriage and for our business. So I want to ask you guys, is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp Online Counseling is there to help. BetterHelp offers private, affordable online counseling when you need it from licensed, board-accredited therapists anytime, anywhere. Connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. It's so convenient and it's available on desktop, mobile, and even iOS and Android apps. You can now get help on your own time and at your own pace. Schedule secure video or phone sessions and even chat and text with your therapist. They have licensed professional counselors who are specialized in depression, anxiety, relationships, family conflicts, LGBT matters, and the list goes on. Plus, if you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time at no additional charge. BetterHelp has 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across Across all 50 states, and it's available worldwide. You can start communicating in under 24 hours, and broad expertise in the network is great because it may not be locally available in many areas. Best of all, it's truly an affordable option. Ellie and Jared listeners get 10% off your first month with the discount code Jared. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com Jared. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor that you will love. That's betterhelp.com Jared. 
So Sunday morning, we were kind of getting over some colds. Jared slept in. Well, we all slept in for once the kids slept. I think everyone woke up around 7.15, which is so great it was awesome. in our house. So I got up and I was sitting on the couch and I think I was even on my phone before any of the kids came up. Yes, I was still asleep. We had watched a movie before and I did not sleep well at all that night. Usually for- Jared's the first one up. Yeah, I'm usually the one to wake up first and get Tommy out of bed and welcome the kids and all of that good stuff. And it's just, it's so funny that that's usually what happened, but on today it didn't. Yeah. It, it's it's kind of like almost coincidental, but like almost- It was sweet. Yeah, like divine intervention for something. And I, and I just love that it happened this way. I love that we have our cameras because Jared and I went back and just watched the 10 minute conversation that Jackson and I had. So that we could take notes and kind of write in order. And so Jared could even see the conversation and just how it played out was very sweet. So we have taken notes yep. on the conversation. We have almost verbatim what happened um, and what was talked about in in that little 10 minutes. And it's, it's just the sweetest thing. So should I start reading? Do you want me to read the whole thing and you can talk about? Sure. Okay. So what I'll do is I'll say who's talking and what they say. So Jackson and Ellie are laying on the couch while Calvin and Tommy are playing in the living room. Calvin and Tommy both have toys and they're just kind of having fun doing their own thing in the living room. They're going up and down the stairs. Jackson is laying on top of Ellie's chest and listening to her heartbeat. And they sit there for a few minutes just watching Calvin and Tommy play. And Jackson then begins to ask Ellie, do hearts look like brains? And he's listening to Ellie's heartbeat. And he says, I can feel your heartbeat. It's stronger than mine. Yeah, it's stronger than mine. And then he asked how big hearts were. And I said, you know, hold up your hands. And this is roughly how big your heart is. This is how big your brain is. Yeah, so if you if you if if kids are listening or <laughs> if your parents don't know, two hands together is about the size of a brain. And then one fist is about the size of a heart. And I can confirm that because... I studied anatomy in college and I dissected both of those. Well, I didn't dissect. I worked with both of those. So I was able to hold a human brain and a human heart in my hand. Wow. So then they're talking about that. And then out of the blue, Jackson says, I want a sister. And what was your response? And my response in our footage, I laughed. I went, what? Because it was so out of the blue. Yeah. They're talking about hearts and brains and listening to heartbeats and watching Calvin and Tommy. And then Jackson just blurts that out. And then he's said it before too. Yeah. He kisses Ellie's belly and then says, where are you? Into my belly. (laughs) Like he's looking for a baby sister. And then Ellie says, well, why do you want a sister? (laughs) And then Jackson says, I hope she doesn't have weird hair. <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. And then it just goes to show how little he is too. Yeah. Like he's being serious, but then in one second he's like, well, I hope she doesn't have crazy hair. Like and, it's just so funny. And you'll kind of see this back and forth. Throughout going, this conversation. Yeah, going into the conversation and then out of the conversation, then back into the conversation, which which I think shows a few things. It shows his sincerity about the topic, but it also shows his youth yeah and i just like that together just melts my heart i didn't pry anything 
I was tired. I was in the morning and I just, if he had questions, we just talked. His next conversation says, I want to go to the aquatic center. It's snowing. (laughs) When can it be warm? I said, oh, give it a few more months. And then, you know, the kids are making noise. He sits there. It's quiet for a minute. And then he said, does it hurt to have a baby? And I said, yeah, but they give you medicine. And he says, does it make you numb? And they said, yeah, it makes you numb because he has had medicine that makes him numb. They said, yeah, it makes me numb. I said, but I can still feel the baby and I, and I push and I can, you know, I, it still hurts, but the medicine helps. And then I thought it was kind of interesting that he said, so they put, they make you go to sleep and then they take the baby out. And, and I wonder, because he's never like gone under anesthesia. He's been awake for any procedure. He doesn't remember had. watching any birth videos. Right. And I, we've never gone in under for any procedures either. So it was kind of interesting that he... That's what he thought. Yeah. And I said, no. And he goes, well, why does it make you numb? And I said, so it doesn't hurt, but you can still feel it. Like he kind of didn't grasp that. The numb, yeah. I also... It, it's important to know that we're speaking based on the experiences that Ellie's gone through. Obviously, with C-sections and you know natural births, things are differently. But we're talking about our experiences yeah. here. And, and then he said, you're the cutest mom ever. And then I laughed again and I said, are you buttering me up? Like, I couldn't even believe that this conversation was happening. He is like, he is like, he has a plan in his head. Yeah. I'm like, what are you, what is going on? And then I said, you know, we may just have to pray for a baby sister. And he goes, I hope it comes true. He goes, I want 5,000 babies. (laughs) And guys, to preface this. We do not talk like this in our house. It's not something that we just like actively have conversations about with the kids. Jackson does not hear the words come out of my mouth. I want a lot of kids. Mm -hmm. We're trying to have a baby. He doesn't know that. Ellie and I will have private conversations and that usually takes place when the kids are asleep. And they don't hear us talking like this. So it's cool to see that he's thinking about this by himself. Yeah. We're not like planting things into his mind or anything. But he also sees a lot of his cousins and that's where he sees it. He sees a lot of cousins and he's like, well, I want a sister like Olivia. Mm -hmm. I want a sister like Kate. So he sees cousins. And so I think that's possibly where he gets some of this from. So after the 5,000 babies, I vetoed that real quick and he laughed. He says, but then we'd have 5,000 high chairs. And I I don't know why he thinks that's so cool. He's like, would that fill our whole house? And I, and I was, and I, and he goes, well, maybe 10 babies. And I said, that's a lot. And they said, do you know what's hard on mommies to have babies? And that's when I said, we're lucky to even have three. Mm-hmm. He said, having babies is really hard. And some people have none. And some people have one. Some people have six. It's just, it's hard. Yeah. We, we are very blessed to have the three healthy babies that we do. So then he started talking about a book that he could read. He was like, did you know? That he's like, did you know that I could read a book called If I Could Keep You Little? And he's like, I can read it all by myself. And that's an example of being in the conversation and then jumping out of the conversation. And then he jumps back in and... The so, thing, so yeah, after, after this happened, Calvin came upstairs with a toy and was saying, Mom, do you know this doggy licked Tommy? And we were laughing. And then I got up from the couch So I stood up as if I was going to go walk to make breakfast. And you could see Jackson standing there and he was still waiting. He's thinking. 
yeah. And as I stood up, he looked at me and he goes, but is the baby big enough to come out of there? And then, you know, I look at Jackson and I sit down and I said, Calvin, go in the kitchen and grab the milk. And I picked Jackson up and put him on my lap. He said, is the baby big enough to come out of there when moms have babies? And I said, I said, your body makes it big enough for the baby to come out. And then Calvin asked a few other questions. And then Jackson said, is there blood? And he said, yep. And I thought it was cool that Calvin was able to come into the conversation. He's listening to the conversation that they're having. But he's not quite in it. He's not quite in it, but he's listening enough to be like, oh, I, I can ask a question too. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's important with what we're going to talk about after too. So is there blood? Yes. <laughs> so Jackson now knows, okay, well, the baby comes out of the vagina. The baby's big enough. Your privates get bigger? Okay. Is there blood? Oh, wow. Okay. And then he said, do your privates rip? And he said it so calmly and so like he was just curious. That blew me away that he could think that. He he was literally thinking about the whole process. And I said, I said, sometimes it can. I said, and that's when I reiterated, having babies are hard. I said, I ripped a little when I had you. I said, but the doctor has stitches and I got fixed up. I said, but some mommies, they rip when they have babies. So Ellie's sitting there talking about, you know, it's it's difficult to have a baby. And then Jackson says, I just want one more. Yeah. It was like as if he was asking me if that was okay. Yeah. It was like he knew it was hard. Mm-hmm. He goes, oh, well, I just asked her all these questions. But what about just one more? Let's. He went from 5,000. To ten to one. That's to not one. too bad. I I could bargain with you that. You could you could do one more, but I like it. Just I appreciate his thought process. His like sleuthing. He's like, oh wow, this is this can be painful and difficult for moms. So instead of ten, maybe just one. Yeah, let's just have one more baby. And it was like he wasn't. It's it's. Oh, kids are so interesting. He is this one minute. You know this. You guys know what kids are like. One minute they're like off the walls. They won't listen. They're rambunctious. They won't even soak in anything you're saying. But then this moment, I was just like, who are you? Like he was a grown little boy asking questions. And it was amazing watching it back that we can answer these. If you have questions, I'm going to tell you. Right. You're old enough to ask. You're old enough to hear what I have to say. So after he said just one more, I said, well, maybe the next time we say a prayer, I said, we can ask Heavenly Father for one. Jared and I have been pretty open that we are trying to have a baby, so we'll see. And then I said, a lot of boys your age don't ask questions like this. And then he asked why. And I said, I I don't know why. I don't think that they think to ask questions like this. It's just not something that boys his age think about and talk about with other people and, And you know. That's kind of why we have had the conversations that we've had is prepping this kind of stuff because we've talked about those things. He's able to ask these kinds of questions. So, and then Ellie said something really sweet. So then, you know, then the house was getting wild. Tommy was ready to eat. Calvin was kind of getting loud and he, you know, got, went to get off my lap and go in the kitchen. And I, I grabbed him and I said, I want you to know that I am so glad you asked me these questions. I said, that was really nice of you. And I said, this is a really big adult thing that you need to be really respectful about. And I'm glad that you asked me. And, and he, he was respectful about it. He was, it. yeah. And he smiled and he, okay, 
then he jumped off and we went and ate breakfast and he hasn't talked about it since. Yeah. So it's been, it's been a couple of days since that conversation and you know, he hasn't, oh, he did, when we did say prayer, he did ask for a baby girl. And then when we were outside with the rabbit, which is another, we got a rabbit. Oh my um, gosh. We were outside <laughs> with the dog and the rabbit and, and I saw Jackson look up at the sky and he saw a big star and he goes, mom, is that, a, is that a heaven star? And I said, wow, it looks like it. It's huge. And he goes, I want a sister to the heaven star. So other than that. He made a wish to a star for a baby sister. So other than those two instances, he hasn't really talked about it since. But let's let's go back and kind of dissect this a little bit. I've already mentioned that I think it's really cool and interesting, just like where a little boy's mind goes. It goes, he's having these thoughts and these questions, and then he jumps out of it for a little bit. And then he comes back in. And then he goes out of it for a little bit and then he comes back in and it's just like, okay, see, he's a six year old boy. He's, you know, but in between those jumps, he's thinking about these questions that he has and he's asking, you know, in depth questions. He's asking if it hurts you because he's concerned about you. He's asking, you know, if the baby is okay and if it can fit through there and, you know, because he wants to know one how, but two, like, is my mommy going to be okay? And the way he asks these questions is very respectful. And I attribute all of that to how we've had conversations in the past about different things. I don't believe this conversation would have happened as smoothly and as respectfully if we didn't have conversations earlier about privates the names of them talking about you know being i don't if it i don't want to say sexual abuse because but we we talk about preventatives of that yeah a sexual safety i think that's a pretty good way to say it he he doesn't snicker and laugh when we say these things but i mean sometimes when he's with cousins and things like farts are the funniest thing to jackson oh i mean he he wrote yeah (laughs) What did he write? At Thanksgiving, he had wrote boobs, and then I and then he brought it to me, and he said I did something inappropriate, (laughs) and I said, "Yeah, that's not nice." Like, and he knew I was upset, but but he knew it was inappropriate. He knew so he definitely is still a little. He's still a little boy. He's becoming a little boy. Yeah, a little child. I love that he was able to have that conversation with you and he is six years old. He's going to have more of these conversations with you. But I think it's amazing that because of the things that we've done as parents, like we enabled this pathway for him and we were able to create an environment where he feels comfortable asking these questions and we don't make him feel uncomfortable to ask these questions and we can facilitate the conversation too in a way that he is almost in control of the conversation. And I think that's one of the hard parts too is he kept it going. He, yeah, he's the one that kept it going. He was the one who had the questions and not like, tell me about this. It was his questions being answered rather than, well, let me tell you about the birds and the bees and unload all of this information at once. Mm -hmm. We did it on his timeline because of the ways that we were able to have these easy, natural conversations that weren't easy at yeah. first. And the last conversation I've had like this, that was like a big thing, aside from just telling them what's appropriate and not when they wash their privates, like who can and who can't, which is just mom and them, <laughs> mom and dad and them. But I had that conversation of what a woman's private is called. He, he asked, well, where's the baby come out of? 
you know, two years ago and I said, oh, a vagina. And then that hasn't gotten brought up until now. Like now he's asked like, so I can't imagine what the next conversation will be like. And it may not be a big deal until a few more years. And then he might be like, oh yeah, hey, what about this? Yeah, and that's it's something kind of like stored in his memory bank until something else comes up, stimulates that thought process and, and brings it up. And what I think that's cool about this, this little method is it's not just for, you know, private areas. It's not just for, you know, sexual safety. It's for everything that you want to have a conversation, a difficult conversation with about with your kids. Like I mentioned in the previous podcast, like drugs, our kids are going to ask us about drugs and alcohol and, you know, all of these. Like the safety and texting and driving and phones exactly. and like all of everything. Those and if you have these conversations early and often in a natural way, it's going to make it so much easier as making expectations first. When you talk about texting and driving, it's, it's setting those expectations early in a comfortable way where it's just like, oh, that's just not what we do. We want to take a quick second and thank today's sponsor of our podcast, which is Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's what we use right now. So let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other places. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Ellie and I are able to talk about this because this has been the experience that we've had and it's worked out really, really great. As kids grow up, yeah, obviously things are going to be different, but I feel like the way that this has gone, if we can keep going forward with this, it will, you know, just be as good. Obviously, teenagers are teenagers, and we might be biting our words a little bit, but I feel like I don't think there will be a time where I look back and say, I wish I didn't have that conversation with my kids. I will never regret teaching my kids what they need to know. Yeah. I, it remind, kind of reminds me of D.A.R.E., you know, growing up in elementary school, I did the D.A.R.E. program and you know, drugs was never a problem for me. I was never tempted to have a cigarette. I was never tempted to do any of that stuff. It just, it never came across me. I was never in an environment where someone was drinking alcohol or smoking a cigarette. It just was never a thought for me. But as far as that I've read on the internet and, you know, D.A.R.E. doesn't seem to be so effective because it's kind of like completely avoiding it rather than having discussions about it and why. And a lot of that comes in at the home more than it does at a school educational thing. Do you know what I mean? Are you gonna, Were you going to say something? Well, I was just thinking you can't always avoid it. Right, exactly. These like, things are going to be around no matter what. Like there's so many parties as adults. There's mm -hmm. so many things around that you don't just avoid. They need to teach you how when you're in the real life situations, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. That's why playing out scenarios, like if, ever since we started dating, playing out scenarios in our head has been some of the greatest things that we've done is because we have an answer for that scenario before the scenario even happens. We are the queen and king of making up scenarios. Yeah, queen. Probably how my parents raised me a lot. Like yeah, they would absolutely. do scenarios like, 
Before and, you got, like, before you walked into a restaurant and before you went into someone's home, you're sitting in the car. And my dad would say, okay, like, this is the scenario. I expect you to be good. I expect you to be behaved. Stuff like that. Same with Jackson. I do scenarios. If a car comes up to you and says, hey, I watch your YouTube videos. Oh, I know you. I'm going to take you to your mom and dad. No, no one picks you up from school except mom. Mm-hmm. No one. No one, no one, oh yeah, I'm dad. <laughs> no one washes your privates except mom and dad. And then they say, oh, but grandma and grandpa. I said, no, no one. Mm-hmm. Mom, dad, and Jackson, that's it. There is no grandparents and uncles and cousins because even though we love and trust them, at the end of the day, they don't live in my four corners of my house. And I don't know what everyone else is going through. And it's that repetition too that I think is important. It's it's having that conversation often, but also having them hear that scenario often too. Mm-hmm. You can tell them something once and they can forget. But if you have that often, it's it's going to happen. So when you do go to the doctor and you know, from the last podcast, the doctor says only when mommy and the doctor, mommy and daddy and the doctor are in the room does this happen. Have that conversation in the car before you go to the doctor. So every time they go to the doctor, that's a thought that comes up and that's triggered in their head. And you can do that for so many different things. Okay, we're going into the restaurant. Let's remind our kids not to stand on the seats or the table. Because guess what? Every time we go to a restaurant, they're kids. It's normal. It's They're not going to be perfectly well-behaved until right. they're flipping 20 and on a date, you know, it's like, and I will say that sometimes even when you're 20 and on a date, sometimes you get on the table to impress the girl. (laughs) Sorry. So, I mean, it's just that for us, we really like that way of teaching because we like it for ourselves. It was a great way of learning for ourselves. Absolutely. Putting yourself in scenarios and playing out scenarios in your head is a great way. But also as parents, I think one of the greatest things that we can do is teach by example and teaching by example showing our kids, we talked about body language last time. That's body language. Teaching by example is body language. And showing our kids exactly what we're telling our kids is the best way for them to learn too. If they see what we're doing and we're telling them what we're doing, yeah, absolutely. When someone gives like a public speech, when they're doing public speaking and they want someone to retain information, you tell them what you're going to tell them. Then you tell them what you were going to tell them. And then you tell them what you told them. So there's three instances of what they're going to be learning that day. And that's just in one public speech that you won't hear again. So you have to do it three times. But as you're raising kids, you tell them what they need to learn. You show them what you're going to learn by you doing that. And then you tell them what you taught them. So it's that repetition is so important. And in every instance that we've gone through and done that, those are the things that the kids have learned. So brushing our teeth, for example, before the kids go to school, if we have forgotten to brush their teeth, Jackson and Calvin know before we leave the door, they brush their teeth before school because of the repetition. And they would not have done that just with a week of doing it. No. I mean, it's, it's dang near February. When did school start? September. So we've been doing this for months and it hasn't been until literally this week that they have been like, oh, yeah, I got to brush my teeth. Mm-hmm. It's taken months. It's taken us years to get to this point. So this wonderful, beautiful conversation that we just had, it didn't happen overnight. No. It has been years of me sitting at the edge of the tub every single night 
talking to my kids. Years. Years of going to, you know, tucking the kids in bed and allowing the opportunity to happen, allowing that conversation to take place. It's taken years of when they go have sleepovers with a cousin or a grandma and grandpa of us telling them no one touches privates except mom, dad, or you. When reading the cookbook, that reminded me of something that Ruby said in the cookbook is sometimes when kids come home from school, it's hard to get things out of them. It's hard to, you know, how was your day at school? Good. But sometimes you are not allowing the conversation to happen by asking that. Sometimes it's about the cookie recipe. Sometimes having just some cookies out on the table and sitting there and allowing the conversation to happen is where you're going to learn more about your kid's day than just asking them about it. So allowing those conversations to happen in a natural way rather than pulling it out. And that's exactly what happened that Sunday morning. Yep. I was on the couch. I was on my phone. Jackson came upstairs and I put my phone down. Does that mean I put my phone down every single time? Heck no. I just happened to have put my phone down. He laid on me. I enjoyed it. When like he doesn't he's not like Calvin where he will lay and kiss me forever. And so I was like, "Oh cool. He's he's loving me. I'm going to put my phone down." And I hugged him, patted his bum. He listened to my heart. And then it just 10 minutes later that whole conversation happened. It's a sweet we, it, moment. It was an opportunity for him to talk. And then he had questions and then it led to another and another. Mm-hmm. Sometimes as parents, we can get hasty and angry in our responses about things. And I feel like, you know, I said it in the last podcast, but I feel like it's important to say is like, if that's the response we have with our voice and our body language, the opportunity for that conversation to happen in the future just got like cut in half. Like it's not going to happen as often because of that response. And I've always thought my friend Kyle, his he told me this about his dad, and this was in college before I even had kids. When when something happens, we're human. We make mistakes. Things happen. I'm not mad. You know, obviously I'm upset with you, but like let this is a problem that we're having. Let's have handle this problem together. Jared you always says, me, "Yep, yep." Against the problem. It's not you versus me. It's not father versus son or mom versus daughter or vice versa. This is, we're in this together and we're against this problem. Let's tackle this together. Kyle's dad. That's so cute. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh Uh-huh. This is when I was in college. When did he tell you that? In college. But why? His dad was going like through cancer and Kyle was going through some hard stuff in school. So it's like, he was telling me about that and when, how he was younger you know, if he came home after having like a mistake or something like that, he was just like, yeah, my dad, yeah, he got upset, but he didn't get mad at me. He's like, let's, let's handle this together. It's you and me versus the problem, not you versus me. I never knew that. Jared and I have been together for 11 years. We've been married for 10 and I've never heard that. Yeah. I hear him say that all the time. Thanks Kyle and and your dad. (laughs) He tells us, all the time. He's told that to me when I've been upset. He's like, Ellie, we're not against each other. Let's fix the problem. We're a mother trucking team, baby. And of course it puts me back. I'm like, okay. Well, like, lot, it's, it's taking the emotion come, yeah. out of it. Obviously there's emotion in it because this is, I mean, these are so Life. sensitive topics that we're talking about. But if you take the emotion out of it as much as you can while still handling the problem. Yeah, absolutely. I it makes it, it easier. Yeah. We are allowed to have our emotional responses and we should go through those emotions because if we hinder those emotions, 
we're just bottling it up and it's going to come out later. But when you say that to the kids and me, it really does say, I love you. Absolutely. Because there is emotions involved. Well, because when I am upset and I am flustered about something and you say that, it's like, oh yeah, we can be mad together at the problem. Well, yeah. Not at each other. We're human. We make mistakes. And who am I to be upset at you for something and not allow that to like, like if I can get angry at you or if you, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. Like it has to go the same both ways too. You know, I can't say, well, it's you and me versus the problem and then have someone and then I get angry yeah. at something, you know, it's, it's got to go both ways. The, the emotion out of it is I think important when you're working with those type of situations. So it is like a two edged sword. You do have to allow yourself to go through those emotional responses. That's part of like the grief thing. You know, you yeah. have to allow yourself to and have that even, too. And as this may not even stem, but it just popped into my mind, even as parent, if you think you're going to be open to the conversations, your kids do not know that right? unless you tell them. Jared has had this conversation before and it's no dog on our own parents, but it's something that we've learned and we've experienced from each other and from, you know, people that we know. But it's like, even though parents are open and willing, there is so much that your kids don't realize until you are open. You have to be more open with your kids. And we just feel like it's so crucial. How many times have you heard? Well, all you had to do was ask. You know, but you're like, but I didn't dare ask to go oh, play yeah. with a friend's house on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon. Like you, it, it's laughable, but it's true. Oh yeah. The, the, the way the kids feel in those moments. Yeah, absolutely. It's like I the fear of asking is so great that I, I dare not do it. But you know, when you hear something as simple as, oh, all you had to do was ask. Well, not we, really. Yeah. I'm, I was afraid to because of past experiences. So we need to make sure that as parents, we allow ourselves to have those conversations with our kids in a safe area, you know, and I said this last time too, obviously kids are different, situations are different, and everything needs to be judged based on those scenarios. Us as parents, I feel like we know what's best for our kids and we're going to do what's best for our kids. This is something that's worked for Ellie and I. And I encourage you to find out what works best for you guys and for your kids. But that's something that I'm excited for to see how it works. We love that our kids are so open to us having these conversations. And I love more than anything, getting down on my knee, eye level to the kids, one telling them, I love you, Calvin. I love you, Jackson. I love you, Tommy. And Tommy will usually respond by saying, candy. Mm -hmm. Or like, mama. <laughs> Binky. Binky. Those are his, that's the extent of his words right now. I, I love being able to do that because I feel like it puts me on an even playing field with them they know that I make mistakes. They know that I'm doing my best. And because that, I expect them to admit their mistakes and them to try their best. Because that's what I'm doing as their dad. I want them to do that as as kids. You know what my favorite thing is? I used to watch HGTV with my mom all the time on Friday nights. Yeah. And there was the, is, was it Super Nanny? <laughs> yes, I remember the British girl. The biggest thing I took from that show. What? The biggest thing was getting down onto your kid's level. Yeah. I bend down all the time. And I catch myself talking, and it's like their eyes are wandering. They're, like, not listening. But when I get down to their eyeballs and I'm looking at them, it makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. 
And I think they can see the love, they can feel the love, they can be heard. That goes a long way. I think it does. There also has to be instances, like it's important to, for them to know that we still are the authority. Mm -hmm. We still all are their parents. But guess what? I've been there too, buddy. There can be just as much love. There should be just as much love as there is discipline. Oh, absolutely. It goes hand in hand yeah. for me. I'm doing this because I love you. Like I, you're, you're being disciplined because I love you. And discipline varies depending on what it is. But it's like, we all make mistakes, buddy. I made that same mistake too. And I had to you know, do this because of that. This is so we can learn and grow and develop and become better people. If you took that candy, yeah, we have to go return it and pay for it. But because we're doing that, that shows you that we can't do it again. That's not an example of what's happened, but maybe I did that when I was a kid and my dad did that mm -hmm. to me. You know, it's, it's the consequence, it's the action, but mostly it's the reaction that is where the lesson is learned. I love talking about this and I love seeing it play out in our lives. And I can't wait to see what comes next? Like what questions Jackson and Calvin will have because as sweet as respectful as they are now, you know, I can't wait to see what they're going to be thinking about and talking about next. We just had Jackson's parent teacher conference and he rarely talks about school outside of school. I know. I'm like, come on kid. <laughs> and hearing him, his teacher talk about how sweet he is and how nice he is to the other kids. And <clears throat> I'm brushing my shoulder off how smart he is. <laughs> he gets that from you, not me. Was was really, really cool. And it just makes me feel like, okay, we're doing a couple things right as parents. And we love learning from other people. I listen to podcasts about this kind of stuff. And I love learning about other people and how they do things, especially learning from mistakes. I think that's one of the best ways we can learn. Like we said, learning by example learning from how people did well and what people did wrong and taking those and, you know, using it to That's your That's why I love scenarios. Like I remember my parents saying they had gone to a store and how there was this duck and this little girl was screaming and wanted to buy it. And, and, and I, I mean, I was little, I remember being like Calvin's age and my parents were like, we don't scream with the thing if we want. Like, you have to ask nice. Like, it's like just every situation, like, you can take things and learn. And it's not belittling that person who is in that situation. It's just using that as an example. A teaching, yeah. Because if someone was doing something good, you better believe and I'm pointing that out, too. they always did. Yeah, absolutely. They always did. Yeah. And, like, a church, for example, it's like, oh, look how, look how nice that kid is sharing his toys with the person in front of him. I hope one day you boys make a decision like that too. Not one day, but you, you know what mm -hmm. I mean. It's like, I love when you guys make those decisions too. It's lots of um, positive reinforcement. Yeah, Emphasis on the positive. Yeah. Cool. Guys, I love doing this podcast. Like I, 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 I feel really so wanted good to right share now. this. It felt like a really special morning mm -hmm. and I really wanted to talk about how we approach these situations. And I thought that was a good opportunity to share. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed it, be sure to hit that subscribe and follow and leave us a good rating and review on, on the podcast. We launch our Bali Spring Collection on February 26th, so it might be up by the time this goes up. So definitely you'll want to check that out. Check my, out. The loungewear is some of my favorite, favorite items we've created. Check out BaliBrand.com for all of the delicious new things that Ellie and Bonnie have worked so hard on. And uh, can I do a little shout out to Jared uh, yes. and Joel? 
to Jed yes. and Joel. We've done a little bit of work on this too. All the website, all like all the things that you see. <laughs> Jared is amazing. It's it's been a lot of fun. We we have so much fun working on Bali, all four of us together, and the employees that we have. It's it's really really great, and we're grateful for your support there. Also, check out books.elliandjared.com for the children's book. Those will be going very quickly from us to you. Thanks for tuning in, and we will catch you guys next time. Bye. Bye.